the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And bombs away a day, Lundy. We're starting to get really into the heart of the Major League Baseball season with the NFL draft in the rearview mirror. Nobody gives a crap about the USFL. Uh, of course, got the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. We're going to get to some of those picks here in a minute. But uh, we need to go yard. And we're going to try to include more home run props out there. And Lundy, I'm riding a high because I hit a two-legger same gamer last night uh, with none other than C.J. Cron to hit a home run uh, in that game against uh, the Washington Nationals and Juan Soto to hit a home run. I slapped those together a little parlay, plus 1,500, my man. So um, I'm uh, maybe a little bit overly confident. So let's go ahead and try to eclipse the fence right now. And I think Aaron Judge goes back-to-back games and goes yard plus 370 for the judge, jury, and executioner of the New York Yankees. A player who has had a tremendous amount of success against uh, Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, in fact, he's uh, in nine at-bats gone yard twice with four home runs, uh, posting a ridiculous 1.253 OPS. So a plus 370 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Give me Judge to slam one out of the park. Who do you like today? Uh, let's go. Uh, you can kind of find a, a particular pattern, Brad, which is you can fade a handful of teams right now in the MLB. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks have been fadeable. Uh, the Reds. Uh, the, <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds have been the definition of fade. Um, and the other one that seems to be out there that you just kind of look for somebody that's got a good opportunity, that would be the Baltimore Orioles. Mm. Uh, and, and so after the Minnesota Twinkies managed to pick up the victory last night, 7-2, to two, uh, how about Byron Buxton, who has one home run over the course of his last six games just one and that was in the finale on Sunday against Tampa otherwise been a little bit quiet for uh, a guy that's you know been rocking uh, the the ball over the fence quite a few times so how about we say he gets on a little bit of a streak here and sends one over the fence against the O's all right Byron Buxton for all the buckaroos. Uh, let's hopefully cash on both those home run plop, uh, props. And with that, and, and maybe plop some money in our account, uh, it is a hockey hope day here, Lundy. Let's get after it with another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, Lundy, hopefully uh, you made some Dolores yesterday on the ice. Let's drop the puck and make some bucks. One of two NHL Cup selections. So who do you got tonight in the National Hockey League, hombre. Well, I made some money last night, but not in what I talked about on the podcast. So my apologies to all of our loyal <laughs> figures. Where uh, you know we, uh, uh, we 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 messed up a little bit, but hey, that's all right. You you dust yourself off and you move on. We were two and zero on Monday. We were zero and two yesterday. So hey, we're batting five hundred. Let's try to get back on the horse tonight. Uh, and speaking of uh, back on the horse, I want to start with the late night game tonight and that is Edmonton taking on the Kings um, I really thought if it weren't for a bad mistake down the stretch um, from Edmonton's standpoint from a goaltending uh, perspective uh, with a bad turnover uh, that happened right behind their net uh, I think they were on the 
on their way to the comeback and the victory against the Kings. Instead, L.A. stole one. Um, I do not believe that's going to happen two games in a row, especially on home ice for uh, the Oilers. So despite the 4-3 loss on Monday, Edmonton should bounce back relatively easily, I think, tonight. Therefore, uh, they're, they're a decent favorite on the money line, a minus 195. Um, but I'm going to take Edmonton in regulation in this one because, again, I, I just don't see them having that kind of a game back-to-back. I think L.A. surprised them a little bit. I think it's time for Edmonton to just slap them upside the head. But if we take Edmonton in regulation, we bring that juice down from a minus 195 to a minus 120. I say they even the series before they go back to La La Land. Oilers up! Number four. All right, Lundy, let's go to NHL selection numero dos. Amigo, what do you have for me tonight? Again, in the National Hockey League. Well, we got the four games. Uh, we already talked about Edmonton and L.A. on the late night. How about the game that is uh, kind of sandwiched there in the middle? 7.30 Eastern time puck drop. Uh, I told you before that I thought that Toronto um, was going to be uh, basically a kryptonite for the two-time defending cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think it happens again tonight. I, I'm taking the Leafs to have a 2-0 lead by the time this thing goes back to Tampa. Um, they won 5 to nothing on Monday. They absolutely blitzkrieg Tampa. And I... I, I mean, not that I don't think that tonight's going to be a better game because I do think it's going to be more competitive. Um, but this Toronto team is they're they're cruising, man. And I've said it before. The city of Toronto, you talk about being just the hotbed of hockey, obviously, being right. north of the border. Um, they're going to burn that city down if Toronto doesn't have some success in the playoffs this year because <laughs> they're really tired of the Leafs getting knocked out early. Um, and so I, I think they come out with the same kind of energy that they had on Monday for game one. That home crowd is spectacular. You put all of that together. I say Toronto wins it. I'm going to take it on the money line just in case we get to the extra frame. Maybe not the triple overtime that we had last night between Pittsburgh and New York, but uh, I say Toronto on the money line. You can get that one right now at DraftKings at a minus 140. I say the Leafs take a 2-0 lead. Do it for the poutine! Get a winner, Toronto. Number three. All right, let's go to the world of Major League Baseball. And you brought it up, uh, Lundy, the historic futility that the Cincinnati Reds have already logged. And they are on pace right now to threaten the Cleveland Spiders. I know you're a huge fan back in 1899 to have the worst record in the history of Major League Baseball. Now, the Spiders that season were 20 and 134, so they didn't play quite as many games, uh, 162 as current Major League Baseball teams play, but this Reds team is on pace to only win 22 games. They have been lousy. They have set the bar so low. They are the ultimate punchline right now in Major League Baseball, and as as a result, if you've been fading them, uh, whether straight up or on the run line, you have cashed handsomely, and I'm going to go back to that well. you got to roll with the Brew Crew and crack open a cold one here on the run line, minus one and a half against those downtrodden Reds, and it's minus 125 right now at DraftKings, and I even I was checking some of the other books this morning, and I saw BetMGM, the run line was two and a half, which you never see. Now it's a plus 110 on the Brewers, so if you want to get seduced by the juice, I don't hate that. At all. I mean, if you look at Cincinnati, 17 of their 20 losses, they have not covered the run line. In other words, they have lost by two or more runs. This team is only batting as a collective 200 on the season, averaging 3.04 runs per game with a disgusting 584 OPS. Just ghastly. Uh, You look at Milwaukee, yeah, they've been strikeout prone, but they got Freddie Peralta 
on the bump. And, you know, he stumbled out of the gate first couple of turns the rotation. But his last two starts over 11 innings, 13 strikeouts, two walks, just one earned run. Poor Joey Votto. Somebody rescue that man or just send him like uh, endless 30 packs to drown his sorrows. Uh, likely, a, you know, probably a, a future Major League Baseball Hall of Famer that's just walling away with a team not even a mediocrity, uh, but certainly doing backstrokes right now in the cesspool along the Ohio River. So fade or follow the Brew Crew on the run line, minus one and a half at minus 125 at DraftKings. Can the Reds actually get a win, Lundy? Uh, no, they can't. Uh, they don't know how to do it. I, I've said before that I made a lot of money right out of the start of the season because they went to L.A. for that series against the Dodgers, and the Dodgers just blitzkrieged them uh, for four straight games. It was a cash machine, and I'm going to continue to do that to the Reds until they show me something. I mean, you're, <laughs> right. you're right. Normally, you wait until the trade deadline or whatever. Please, like, let Votto go somewhere else. Like, do him a solid, man. Get him out of Cincy. Um, let him go play somewhere else where he can put up some numbers and actually have some fun. Um, because this team is so awful. Uh, I, I, I feel bad for the guy. Um, but, yo, take the opposition against Cincinnati on the run line over and over and over again until they until they give you something. Because, as you know, Brad, like you brought up the two and a half being at plus 110. Normally, the run line, you're getting a lot better um, uh, juice back from the book. And you might as well keep doing it. Forget the money line. Take the run line against the Reds. Maybe for the next couple months, because I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel for Cincinnati. Yeah, just for point of reference, uh, Milwaukee is minus 280 on that money line at DraftKings. So nice at a value there at minus 125. Uh, Assuming, of course, the Cincinnati Reds' bats remain in cold storage, and I think they're going to be locked away under lock and key for the rest of the season. Stay tuned for my top picks of the day in the NBA playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Yes, and more action in the NHL and the NBA plus Major League Baseball in bonus time. Number two. All right, let's get after it on the hardwood here, Lundy. And let's start with a guy who at six foot 11 plays rather doughy, rather soft, uh, given his physical stature, given his wingspan, uh, just given his physicality overall. And that is DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns. And I am well under 10 and a half rebounds. Right now, the best juice in the industry at Caesar Sportsbook at minus 130. Uh, you look at DeAndre Ayton. He has been under this in six of seven postseason matchups. I know he averaged 10.2 rebounds per game in the regular season, but just 9.5 rebounds per game in the postseason. And that's uh, a little bit misleading because he did have a 17-rebound outburst against the Pelicans in Game 3 of that Round 1 series. But consistently a guy anywhere between 7 to 9 rebounds, not even getting to double figures in any other game, including Game 1 against the Dallas Mavericks, in which he uh, put up a snowman in the box score, 8 boards overall. Now, Dallas, other remaining playoff teams, has allowed the most rebounds per game at 45.7. But I just don't trust DeAndre Ayton to beat Johnny on the spot, uh, you know, really snagging and snatching those careens uh, and piling up the board. So I think the under here is going to hit, and I think it's going to be a rather sweat-free bet. So fade or follow DeAndre Ayton, the Phoenix Sun, under 10.5 rebounds, minus 130 at Caesars. 
Well, I'm going to follow on this one, but I will tell you, at some point in this series, he's going to do it again like he did against the Pels. Because you're talking about a guy that was over, that had double-digit rebounds in um, in nine out of the last ten regular season games. So at some point, he's going to have another outburst. So whether it's tonight, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. So this is one of those bets that you're probably, at, at some point, you're going to lose it. Um, just because he will have that one game like he did against the Pels um, where he jumps up and gets the rebounds. But for the most part, he's been under. So kind of like our our theory with the run line against the Reds, I'm just going to keep betting it. And I'm going to be OK if I miss it on one particular night, yep. because chances are I'm going to wind up at least two thirds of the time hitting this bet. So I will follow on this one. And even if he misses, I would turn around and bet it again for the next game. Certainly a black hole son of the box score. That is DeAndre Ayton in rebounds. Number one. All right, let's go to my top play in the NBA. And this might be a bit of a surprise to some people out there, but I'm going to take the under on Tyrese Maxey, 21 and a half points. Also pulled this one from Caesars just at a minus 110 juice. Uh, remember, no Joel Embiid uh, still dealing with the post-concussion issues, the orbital fracture, uh, the bum thumb. I mean, that guy is a walking infirmary right now. But Maxey... Uh, did, you know, perform okay uh, in game number one. I uh, had 19 total points in that one, but he was just 6 of 15 from the floor and 1 of 6 from 3. He has been under 21.5 points in four of his last five. And with the pressure mounted on him uh, to really pick up the slack for the exited Embiid, uh, I think he's crumbling a tad. An experienced guy, you know, this is uh, his first taste of, of postseason success. Uh, that he has had, and and right now, you know, recently anyway, he's been floundering in the box score, and a lot of that also has to do with the fact that Miami Heat just locked down defensively. They have allowed the second lowest points per possession average, 1.030 in the postseason of teams that are still alive and kicking, and they're only giving up 30.1% from distance. So unless Maxi uh, is really elevating a shot, getting over those extended arms, and those contested shots um, and has like an out-of-body experience, I don't think he gets to 22 points tonight. I think he's going to be somewhere like he was in game number one in that 15 to 20-point range. So, Lundy, fade or follow under Tyrese Maxey, 21 and a half points, minus 110 at Caesars. Uh, I will follow for purposes of the pod, but I'm not a big fan of this bet. I'll be oh, honest with okay. you. Okay. Just – just because, it, for me, I don't see a guy like this, even with the way the Heat play defense, even with the challenges that he's got, feeling the pressure with him beat out and all of that, I just don't think Maxie's a guy that you're going to see shoot one for six from outside the arc very often. Even if he had hit one more of those threes, Brad, you would have missed in game one on this bet. He would have been up to 22 points. So I, I just I think he's going to hit um, at least a couple from outside the arc. I think that's going to make up for the difference. He's obviously got to shoot a hell of a lot better than six for 15 if this team wants to have any kind of an opportunity to uh, to beat the Heat, which I don't think they're going to. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of this one because just for that reason, I think he's going to keep chucking them up. And if he does, if he gets a, if he gets two to fall from outside the arc, he winds up over this total. So um, I get what you're saying. Not a fan of this one. I'll probably stay away. All right, Lundy, it is. May the fourth be with you, my man. Uh, let's shift it into hyperdrive here and warp speed. And what he got for me in bonus time. Uh, pick your poison, my man. 
Uh, I got two for you. I got two player props. One will go back to the ice, that Edmonton game that we were talking about. Um, I had a uh, I had a bet on this one um, in uh, game one. I'm going to go back to that well at plus 130. That's a Vander Kane of the Edmonton Oilers to have an anytime goal. Dude had five shots in game one. Um, he is going to continue to pepper the net against the Kings. And if that's the case, eventually one of those biscuits is going to find its way into the basket. So I'm going to take him for an anytime goal at a plus 130. Um, and... I was rather profitable in game one with this individual. So I'm going to go back to this well again. And that is, we were just talking about the Sixers and the Heat. Give me Bam Adebayo rebounds. Brad, over 10 and a half plus 110 at DraftKings right now. I will take those plus odds. He is feasting right now with Embiid not there. Um, and I, I give me all the Bam Adebayo props for tonight um, because I, I just think he's going to continue um, the same kind of uh, game that he did in game one where he had 24 points, 12 boards, four assists, a block and two steals. And he was perfect from the free throw line, eight for eight. Um, he just had a spectacular game one. Um, I actually cashed a very healthy same game parlay when he got that block shot in the fourth quarter. Um, but again, give me all the bam at a bio. If you're going to do a same game parlay, um, I, I, you could even bring down some of his totals, like his points or his boards, if you want to. Um, but I would make sure that Adebayo is a part of that SGP if you're going to do it. Because, like I said, without Embiid there, he is uh, – I think he's going to feast on Philly. Yeah, it's a fantastic call, especially when you're getting seduced by the juice there, plus 110. All right, let's stick with the NBA. I'm going to take the under in the Dallas and Phoenix game, 216 and a half. Both these teams lights out offensively in game number one. Dallas standing 1.20 points per possession. Phoenix, 1.301 points per possession. Hell, they shot 50.5% from the floor, uh, despite both these teams being toward the bottom of all the playoff teams and overall pace. So I think the under at 216.5 will hit tonight. Uh, You want plus odds and another rebounds prop? How about Dorian Finney-Smith over 5.5 boards against the Suns at plus 125. He has done this in four of his last six, including in game one in which he had a half dozen boards in the box score uh phoenix has allowed the third most rebounds per game of still live playoff teams how about a one game parlay so in that mavs and suns game give me devin booker four more rebounds luca to net three or more threes and deandre ayton scores 16 plus points that's a cool plus 135 booker has done this in three of his last four as i mentioned dallas has allowed the most rebounds per game the opposition uh in the postseason phoenix uh, meanwhile has given up 36 and a half percent from three but luca has splashed at least three threes in all four of his playoff games and then deandre ayton has been over 16 points in six of his last seven averaging 21.1 points per game here in the postseason uh, no odds out yet on this, but Jose Abreu, I think, knocks in a run against the Cubs in the Crosstown Classic. Uh, it was beautiful Scottish weather uh, last night at Wrigley Field. Drizzling, brutally cold, windy. It was awful. Uh, more palatable conditions expected at Wrigley. But you look at Abreu, man. I, it doesn't matter if he's playing in the middle of a blizzard or in ideal, like, 90-degree heat in peak summer. He is owned Kyle Hendricks. 13 for 22, lifetime against him with a 1.458 OPS and five RBIs. Uh, so whatever the plus odds are, I want it on Jose Abreu to get that RBI. Uh, and one more I'll throw out at you, Lundy. Of course, it's the no-home-run parlay. Whiffed on it yesterday, no doubt about it. 
But Austin Riley, Eugenio Suarez, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and Bryce Harper, minus 125. I believe all those guys do not eclipse the fence. But if you want in on this action, better get in on it early because that Mets Braves game, I believe, starts around noon Central Time. So there you have it. And that is a wrap on this variety edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there on on, uh, that platform as well, at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Fade the Noise.